and kings, this is Sharana Reeves, and you are listening to These Three Things Podcast, a podcast for women, where the conversation is about us, our relationships, and every area of our lives. This show is about unity, support, kindness, and keeping it 100% real. So we can rise up, move, we've got the victory, burn us Hey, queens. Hey, kings. And good people. I am Sharana Reeves. You are listening to These Three Things Podcast, Season 3. And today's episode is long overdue for me. It is long overdue. This is a conversation that I personally have been wanting to have for years. I have always been frustrated by the lack of freedom that black women have had to express themselves sexually for years. Now, let's be clear. This ain't about being a hoe. But if you want to be a hoe, I mean, hoe on if that's what you want to do. But this episode ain't that. This episode is about black women having freedom to speak about what they think about sex, how they feel about sex, maybe their sexual experiences, how they grew up learning about sex, the freedom just to talk about sex wherever you find yourself for as vulgar as you want to be or as non-vulgar as you want to be, but just the freedom to be able to talk about sex in our community. It has always been taboo. Still to this day in these current generations, many black mothers still do not talk to their daughters about sex. And if you are talking to your daughters about sex, you're only telling them the negative things about sex, not really the truth about sex, not with any empowerment or understanding or knowledge, mostly just fear-based about sex and getting pregnant, having a baby. It's been a conversation that I've had with the Queens of Atlanta, the Queens of Houston, the Kings of Atlanta, the Kings of Nashville. The conversation of sex has been brought up but understanding how we as black women can feel liberated and free without being pigeonholed by our black men as being hoes, thoughts, sluts, uh, easy, loose, fast. It's a million names that we come up with for black women when it comes to our sexuality. And I want to have a conversation about it. So I entered into this room on Clubhouse. And I don't remember what the topic was, but I do remember that it was about black women. So of course, instantly I clicked on that because I just wanted to hear some of the conversation that was going on in that room. I was listening to a woman respond to some of the question and comments that had been made. And I went and pushed on her her picture because I wanted to see who she was. Turns out she was a black women's sexual liberator. And I'm like a black woman's sexual liberator. Let me read more. So I start to read more and read more. And uh, after I finished listening to uh, the conversation in that room, I reached out to her because y'all know, low key, I still be recruiting. It just may not be athletes, but I'm still out here recruiting. If I want to have a conversation with you, I will recruit you. And just like in coaching, I don't miss much, y'all. 
<laughs> mostly, well, actually everybody that I've reached out to be a part of the show or asked to come on and allow me to interview them on what their expertise is in, they've all said yes. So my recruiting game, as I dust my shoulders off, is still superb, just in a different area and arena now. And so Dr. Francis agreed to be on These Three Things podcast. And we are going to talk today about the liberation of black women sexually. While we are not liberated, the complications that come with that, the whole Meg the Stallion, Lizzo, Cardi B phenomenon that uh, some of us black women push really hard against. We, we don't like that. We, and, and the reasons why we don't like it. Dr. Francis talks about that in this episode. And I'm so excited to share this conversation with you guys. I think there will definitely be more conversation on this podcast with Dr. Francis about black women and sex just in general. I think it's a conversation that we should be having with our daughters, with our friends, and sometimes maybe even openly. So again, it's a conversation that I've been longing to have. I get to have it today with Dr. Clarissa Francis. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So let's get into it. Black women and sexual liberation with Dr. Clarissa Francis. Enjoy. Do you need to get a handle on your stress? Need to get better control of your emotions? Join the 19,000 plus students who have taken Dr. Patricia Thompson's 21-day crash course in emotional intelligence. You'll learn practical techniques that will help you to manage your emotions, improve your relationships, and get ahead in your career, all in the comfort of your own home. Learn more at her website, silverliningpsychology.com, on the self-study page. Again, that's silverliningpsychology.com. Hey, queens, kings, and good people. This is Sharonda Reeves, and you are listening to These Three Things Podcast. And I am so excited to be having this conversation today uh, with someone that I think all of my listening audience is going to enjoy. We're going to be talking about something that I have thought about and had questions about and had many conversations about for years. And I actually get to talk to someone today who this is what they do for a living. And it's all about black women and sexual liberation. So I want to introduce to you guys, Dr. Clarissa Francis. She is a black women's liberator, educator, and consultant when it comes to sex. So Dr. Francis, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Okay, so Dr. Francis, first of all, thank you for being on These Three Things podcast. Um, as I have told you, and as I've just told my audience, I'm so excited about talking to you because this is a conversation that has been near and dear to my heart. I have talked with the Queens of Atlanta, the Kings of Atlanta. I've done episodes with uh, women in Atlanta, black men in Atlanta. I've done episodes with uh, a group that I call the Queens of Houston. I've done an episodes with a gentleman in Nashville, Tennessee, that I call the Kings of Nashville. We've all talked about sexual things. We've all talked about black women and sex. And in those conversations, Dr. Francis, I have always often walked away wondering, will black women ever have the freedom to just be sexually free? And all that that means without being labeled or being held to an old standard that may no longer serve us. So, again, thank you for being on the show. My first question is this right here. What does it mean to be sexually liberated? 
when I speak on sexual liberation and specifically when I'm speaking for Black women, um, I have in mind um, our, our history, you know, with our bodies um, not having control, you know, of our bodies and the choices, autonomy, able to make the right, you know, able to make decisions, you know, um, as it relates to your body and agency, able to give consent. And so uh, historically, culturally, uh, we have not um, been given that or there's been plenty of times when we have been denied that ownership, um, right to make decisions and the right to give consent. And so sexual liberation is a journey, an ongoing journey, um, as I'm sure we'll talk about um, that a little more of, you know, where we are on the spectrum of your journey and your healing and liberation, even as a liberator, you know, I'm still on my journey, you know, um, so it involves being able to be sexually expressive, express yourself sexually um, without fear of harm, shame, judgment, um, access to pleasure, being able to communicate um, and express what you want and do not want. Um, someone who I love and based my <laughs> dissertation uh, work on, uh, Megan Thee Stallion, mm-hmm. where she says, um, don't fuck me like this, fuck me like that. It's like where, <laughs> you know, it may just sound <laughs> like, oh, she's just being vulgar. But it's like the power of a Black woman openly expressing, no, this is what I want <laughs> sexually yes. And this is what I do not want. <laughs> and this is what you're going to do or we're not doing this. Yeah. And I'm not faking no orgasms <laughs> anymore. And so, um, so yeah, that's what I mean when I say uh, sexual liberation. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm here for all of that. Why is that so hard for us as black women? Like, why do we need that? Why do we need to be sexually liberated? Because I look at, you know, white friends that I've had throughout the years from high school through college and white girls have always been sexually free. Why are we so hindered? Um, so it, it's many things. Uh, as I mentioned, the history, you know, the history of our bodies, you yes. know, um, of how it's been used, uh, been, uh, the commodification of our bodies used for um, our the function, you know, the function of our body to bear children, to do work, to make money for others. And even in science, you know, the, the birth of gynecology, you know, is at the expense of Black women's bodies. You know, this thought that Black women um, not using any type of um, anesthesia, you know, doing procedures where people have to be put out, you know, um, now, you know, put to sleep to uh, have the procedures done. And they were being done with nothing but uh, because of the belief that Black women didn't feel pain, you know, and so... Mm-hmm that still continues um, in ways. So there's this respectability politics where Black women um, have to choose, you know, feel like they have to choose whether to be this sexually liberated, expressive person, um, you know, so talking about pleasure, wearing whatever they want to wear, twerking, or um, someone who uh, covers you know, it was cover, maybe, you know, keeping covered and like maybe keeping their head down, not expressing their sexual desires, um, the more the professional woman, whereas we shouldn't have to choose. And so that that respectability politics is a big piece. And it stems from the history, 
Um, religion is a big piece of it where a lot of the um, the shame, guilt, um, and I'm, I'm a preacher's kid. And so um, something that I noticed young um, earlier on that some of the messages that we were receiving as a woman, as a girl, um, was different, you know, from men and the boys, whereas a lot of things, it was a lot more restricting, you know, um, for us. And basically, if you wasn't a virgin, <laughs> um, then it was a sin you're going to hell. Right. And so even if even self-pleasure, masturbation, you know, this was something that you didn't typically associate with women or young girls, you know, but you would see it in movies, um, you know, jokingly, or they would discuss it or some discussed about with boys. Um, and it just wasn't even thought of because there's a thought that women, that, that sex isn't for women. You know, that right. that's how we've been conditioned, that this is something you need to get a color purple. And Celie speaks on Mr. doing his business on her. And unfortunately, that's many, has been many uh, women's truth, you know, specifically Black women. Um, one, because if you speak up, you know, about it, what does it say about you? Like, oh, you're this hoe, this slut, mm-hmm. this fat this wayward woman that's too experienced and also as a um can be insulting or because we're very black women we've also been conditioned and something that comes natural to us very protective of black men and uh, which includes protecting their ego and you know not wanting to offend them and so when speaking up saying I'm not being pleased like I don't like this <laughs> you know this I want you to do this so fear of that and also just not really having being given the tools to or the language to say like this is what I want and this is and this is what I don't want and um encouraging that exploration like I'm really adamant about self-pleasure exploring yourself I'm all for if you need to have your your, your um when they call it a whole phase, whatever that may look like for you. People think that <laughs> that it means that you're just doing whatever with anybody, which that's not the case. It's like, no, this is my time of exploration. And so maybe that means I'm doing some, you know, participating in some acts that I typically would feel like, oh, judged by. But now you learn, you have more information. It's like a like a science experiment. You know, you're testing it out and let me see, like, if I like this, don't like this probably not going to do that again. I really like this. I definitely, this is, this is a must, right. <laughs> you know, um, this is a non-negotiable or whatever, but if we don't, we're not offered, we're not uh, supported enough uh, to have those experiences as I, as I feel that men and boys are. And so we go into these relationships because we've been taught if those who come from religious backgrounds been taught all our life, sex is, bad, evil, pleasure, anything that brings you joy <laughs> or pleasure, you know, is is, is a sin, it's mm-hmm. of the devil. But then we go into, we, and they say that sex and all these things should be re, um, preserved for marriage. But what if somebody decides to wait for marriage? What tools are you offering them when they get to marriage? They've been told all these negative things, you know, all these years. <laughs> and now mm-hmm. they're in this marriage and now they're just supposed to turn into this sex vixen you know goddess and just be able to please her man be able to tell him what she wants and it's like how it's like where were we supposed to get this and like um traditionally 
in um, many cultures, like that was something that was taught to us. Like that was something like how to be a woman, how to be a wife, how to, um, you know, how to tap into your pleasure and your inner, your divine femininity and everything. Um, and that's something we lost, you know, because we associated, um, understandably um, so, because um, associated with fear of harm because of all the harm mm-hmm. that has happened to Black women's bodies. And so that's something that we internalized and we continue and not realizing that this is something we are carrying going from trauma. Okay, so let me just ask you the obvious question, because I know as soon as you tell somebody that you're a preacher's kid, they want to <laughs> know, okay, how did you get to this and how have you reconciled? Because I know there's going to be a group of people who listen to my show who are going to say, okay, well, then if you're a preacher's kid and you've been raised on the word that there should be no sex before marriage, how do you reconcile that, Dr. Francis, with, you know, exploring and having experience? And then what we're taught, because I, too, born in the South, raised in Tennessee, uh, grew up in church, actually could walk to my church from my house on Sundays and Wednesdays and when I needed to be in church, usher board, in the choir, the whole nine. How do you reconcile that? How do, because I was brought up on, you know, no sex before marriage. No, I do agree with you. I think that was a standard that was more expected of us girls than it was the boys. But Mm -hmm. in us being, you know, sexually free and sexually liberated, how do you reconcile that? Okay. I appreciate this question. (laughs) This asked me recently. So, so when something I bring up, You know, we speak about in general, when we speak about liberation and freedom and advancement of black people, you know, we think about economically, we think about um, mentally, you know, um, and even spiritually. And so, you know, there's messages we receive and ways we were taught, you know, condition that this is the way it is. And at a certain point, there were groups of us or individuals and said, no this no longer works for us, Mm -hmm. you know? And so for some reason, we've just kept that at economics and maybe, and then we're just getting to like mental wellness, you know, where we're normalizing therapy, you know, and getting help and not being okay. And so I am here, (laughs) so you know, along with many others in this field and in this work is to also the reminder of this is not okay, you know, in the way that we have looked at, and discuss sex and sexuality, which is something that's so natural and normal, you know, like we would not be here <laughs> without sex. Right. You know, there are other ways, you know, that we um, have figured out, you know, with science, but um, many of us, most of us <laughs> have, um, uh, it has happened from sex. Like we are here because of sex. However, we still speak about it in this negative, excuse me, taboo, you know, way. And so for me personally, I was heavily, I was, I was heavily into the church up until like middle school. I had signed my promise. I said, I'm not having sex until marriage. You know, I was mm-hmm. at, I was at Bible, you know, really in the church, like all throughout the week. So I'm at Bible studies, I'm at choir practice, I'm at, you know, service, if they have something on the weekend, I'm there, you know, like had to be everywhere. So I was heavily involved. I'm a researcher and I'm a, always been a nerd. So I'm always very inquisitive. So I'm taking notes. I'm asking questions. I then I noticed that as I, when I noticed that when I was asking certain questions that didn't make sense to me, I just needed more clarity. 
I realized that some of these adults didn't know. <laughs> they, they didn't know how to explain it to me. And I was like, how are you, how are you <laughs> um, <laughs> putting this information, expecting me to just take this information? And you don't even know how to explain this to me. So one, I'm just like, so you're not even questioning it or thinking about it deeply. So we're just supposed to take this and that's it. And um, I'm an Aquarius. I'm a rebel anyways, you know, <laughs> and so I'm going to question it. I'm most likely going to try to do something different or find some holes in it or something. And then I noticed the, uh, as I mentioned, I, I noticed the uh, the double standard and how it was different being a girl versus, you know, uh, uh, the conversations that was had with boys and men. And I said, that doesn't feel good for me. So and it got to a certain point where I, I wanted to dissociate certain things that was associated with being uh, a girl like I didn't like I was anti-pink purple I didn't want to wear dresses because I'm just like Mm -hmm. I associated not knowing now I mean not knowing then what I know now realizing like I associated that with restriction you know and no being told no and I'm just like no (laughs) it's like I'm not doing this because I want to do what I want and then I started having when I started having um, my own experiences, and I was just like, really, it was my first orgasm. I was like, this, and it was through <laughs> self pleasure, yeah, with assistance of a friend, mm-hmm. but it was through self pleasure, no sex, no penetrative mm-hmm. sex, didn't even involve a penis. Mm-hmm. Had my first orgasm, I was like, this cannot be a sin, I was like, this cannot <laughs> be wrong. Amen. <laughs> I was like, you know, when I'm having orgasms and there's certain pleasures I'm experiencing, I was like, this cannot. This cannot be what they're talking about when they're saying things, you know, what what's a sin or what we shouldn't have. I get of modern, you know, I guess in some somewhere uh, having balance or maybe you can overindulge in certain things or whatever. But I was just like, no, this can't be it. I was like, I'm I'm gonna go this route. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. dig further into this because this was healing. This made me feel good, and um, and so that and I had to get to a place where it was just where it was I was okay with that and I had went through a phase where I had I went through a phase where I just I kind of was disconnected from what spirituality and really what brought me back just because as of like just because I realized how harmful it had been on the way I viewed my body sexuality the way I showed up in relationships um and so I disconnected for a bit um Mm -hmm. and then it wasn't until I got into uh, Reiki, Reiki and energy and um, massage therapy that brought me back to spirituality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me ask mm-hmm. you about that. Cause I know some of your areas of expertise are in massage therapy, Reiki healing and conscious erotic touch. Can you explain what mm-hmm. those last two, cause I think we get the massage therapy piece, but the Reiki healing and mm-hmm. conscious erotic touch. Can you explain the, the last two and how they help us? Okay. So with the uh, last two Reiki and conscious erotic touch have in common is including energy or being intentional because energy is everywhere. We call it different things, you know, vibes, energy, a feeling that you get. And so it's being intentional mm-hmm. with the work. And so although before learning about Reiki, I felt I was intentional um, with the energy that I was was sharing and expressing, you know, making sure to be protective of my energy of others, you know, and then also not want to put my energy, my negative energy right, on others. Right. Um, but when I started, when I got trained in Reiki, so we learned about chakras um, that uh, that are associated with different parts of our body and uh, the belief that when they're unaligned, you know, they can affect the physical, 
you know, just like emotions, like emotions can affect different parts of the body because they're associated, like with the bladder, say fear, you know, um, liver, anger. Um, and something that I had struggled with um, was my throat chakra, was speaking my truth, you know, mm. and um, I'm sure coming from uh, my upbringing of being in the church, I'm not feeling like I could really honestly express myself freely without getting in trouble, you know, or without harm. And so that was something I had to work on. And so with conscious erotic touch, it brings in um, like, well, it's Tantra. So when we talk about Tantra, it's bringing in that spiritual, that uh, the emotional, the physical, sexual, with sexuality is all of the above. Um, but intentionally you're focusing on those uh, the, the chakras, energy, because we have because of trauma that we experience and messages that we receive, we have blockages in you know different parts of our bodies. You know whether like I mentioned the throat chakra, um, you know our minds uh, and our sexual organs. You know uh, because of trauma or because of um, messaging that we receive, and it can and it can have an effect on us physically. You know, so it's like I don't think it's a coincidence that black that black people have um, have issues with the heart. You know, that heart disease and womb. You know, we have a lot of um, things going on with the womb. And just think of historically of the ways that we have been traumatized. You know, yeah. that we've been oppressed. Yeah. You know, literally breaking our hearts. You know, and and attacking our wounds, you know, and that's creativity, that's the sacral chakra. You know, we have we have issues. I've been hearing a lot more, even young women have issues with like fibroids or different um, reproductive issues and concerns um, where one, we should be getting more information about it. And then also two, we should be allowed to welcome in other modalities, you know, other than just, you know, when you go to the doctor um, and they may, some may be saying like, oh no, that's just age. That's just you. That's just something that you go through. Or they may give you, or some some extreme, they'll um, suggest um, removing. You know, like oh, let's just get it out of there. Whereas, you know, where there could be other, there's a spectrum of things that you could do along the way. You know, that aren't even suggested in healing, and not even, you know, and even to address the emotional stuff. Yeah, it's like you got some emotional, spiritual things going on. Not many are willing to accept that there's a possibility that could be related. And so conscious erotic touch and Reiki are reminders and, you know, intentional work of with that that idea, like, no, this is all related. So if you have certain things going on physically or emotionally, most likely it's going to show up in the other way, you know, in your body. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to something that you said earlier. You did your dissertation on Meg Thee Stallion, Black women liberation in Atlanta, sexual liberation in Atlanta. Talk to me a little bit about that and why was that your subject of choice? And then also, too, I'm going to ask you two questions in this. Why do you feel like there is such a resistance with so many women to Meg Thee Stallion, Cardi B, Lizzo? Why do you feel like there's such a resistance to those women? Okay. Um, so yeah, so my work, um, my dissertation was a real hot girl movement, social history, uh, pleasure activism in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and so pleasure activism, um, it was popularized by Adrienne Marie Brown, have a book, um, Pleasure Activism, The Politics of Feeling Good. 
um, which came out in 2019, also the same year that Hot Girl Summer came out, and also the year that I turned 30. Okay, <laughs> and it was 30. at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and so it all came at a time also when I had it, I had, uh, I had, well, within the last, I'll say within the last like uh, six months, I had experienced some um, traumatic events, you know, uh, coming into that. And so on my own journey, you know, as much work that I have been doing, on my own journey of healing, I had entered a, I entered conscious erotic touch training, not knowing that this was something that I was going to need, you know, because everything hadn't happened yet. And then two, um, thinking like, okay, I'm, I'm transitioning into this writing phase soon and I need to figure out what I'm going to write about. Like most of my work have been about Black women's sexuality, pleasure, even in, um, in my master's at Clark um, Africana Women's Studies, m- much of my work was more about the history and the health <clears throat> of Black women in the um, U.S. and the Caribbean. And so when I got in the human sexuality program, you know, studying more deeply of uh, human sexuality theories, I, I remember a, a peer of mine asked me when I was figuring out what I wanted to study, I think it was for my master's, she said, what makes you the most upset? <laughs> you know, and that can lead me. And so I use that for my masses, but really that came back up for my my dissertation. And I was like, it made me upset that we can't black women are, like you said, this pushback, you know, this uh this critique of when women are black women are making decisions on their body or whatever it was based on them dress the way they dress, um, or twerking or talking about what they want sexually and do not want. And it's just like, why are you mad? And it's like, why are you upset? And so I had all of this happen within the same time. And I, it was definitely, I, I didn't, um, it didn't immediately hit me. <laughs> but eventually I was just like, you know, I was like, I was like this is it. I yeah. was like, something's going on here. You are listening to These Three Things Podcast, and we are talking Black women and sexual liberation with Dr. Clarissa Francis. We'll be right back. For almost a century, Scarrett Bennett Center's historic Gothic campus has been a choice location for dream weddings in Nashville. Consistently rated one of Music City's best places to get married by The Knot, Wedding Wire, and Toast of Nashville, Scarrett Bennett Center offers three timeless venues for your wedding, a 20-person elopement chapel, a 300-person wedding chapel, and a breathtaking garden. From rehearsal to reception, Scarrett Bennett Center is ready to help you create the intimate, historic wedding of your dreams. Visit our website at scarrettbennett.org forward slash weddings for more information. So moving forward, so we've had different pockets of Black women speaking in different ways and even in rap, but this was the first time we see so many women, you know, and they're collaborating. And like, I believe Beyonce, um, when she told, when she told us to get information, you know, she yeah. was like, all right, y'all, like, this is, this is the time. And I felt like, I really felt like I was answering that call also, you know, of like, all right, ladies, come on, let's get information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. Meg Thee Stallion, Cardi, Lizzo, so many um, that I, that I referenced you know, in my work, and then I list out like Doja Cat. Um, I love Flo Millie. I love <laughs> and, um, Doja. I love me some Doja. <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah. And um, and um, 
and um, Ari Lennox, mm-hmm. uh, J- Jasmine Sullivan. Like it's so many yep. that are coming out and saying, no, we're not doing that no more. <laughs> like what was work may have worked for our, you know, for the generations before us. That's not working with us no more because we're not taking this. Okay, so you just said so many, so many good things right there. But I want to just, I want to, I want to jump in and I want to say this right here. I feel like from the whole Meg the Stallion, you know, Lizzo, uh, all the people that you just named, Doja, who I think is extremely talented. I feel like her star is really just rising. Like we gonna hear a lot more from mm-hmm. Doja because I think she's so tough. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like what people take that as, including us, when I say people, I'm talking including us black women. I feel like what we take that as is like these women are going out and saying, you know, we just out here just sexing everybody. We just out here just doing it with everybody whenever we feel like it, however we feel like it, unprotected, mm-hmm. whatever. We just out here buck wilding. I think what we're confusing is, no, what these women are saying is, I just want to talk about it freely without you judging me. I just want to talk mm-hmm. about, I could just, these, these experiences that I speak of could be with one lover that we are just, you mm-hmm. know, truly enjoying ourselves and having a great time. I just want to be able to talk about it. I just want to be able to speak freely my truth without you somehow over-sexualizing me or making me a hoe or making me, you know, a thought or all these other things that are negative, attaching what's negative to me when I just want to be able to speak freely about it like the guys do, like white women do, mm-hmm. like white men do, like everybody else does. I just want to talk about it. And what's so wrong with talking about it? Right. No, and so something key that you said about the choice, you know, so something as, you know, what I mentioned earlier about having ownership, you know, making choices for our body, the right to say no, (laughs) you know, is something that is still, unfortunately, something newer for us, you know, uh, for Black women um, because of history and culturally, like even in our family, you know, those little secrets that we can't share, you know, or those different things we know about, you know, in our family, we know about certain people, certain things that's going on, you know, uh, did we airing, one, we're airing dirty laundry because we're calling out and I think it's um, most, it's taken most, um, I guess, uh, I guess offense is because we are, we are most, typically speaking to black men, you know, and so, um, and and not even an attack, it's a calling out. It was just like, hey, yes, we oppression because of what we've been through together as a community. We have fought, you know, the front lines along with it, although you wouldn't know how how many black women was also on those um, front lines and losing their lives in civil rights, black power movements. and now we're like, no, it's our time now. <laughs> We've had to push our, our, uh, what we, what we need and what we want and what we would not uh, stand for anymore. It's like, no, now is the time, and this is the way we're doing it because you wasn't listening to me right. when I, the ways that we said it before. So now we we have the Megs and the Cardis and the Lizzos, and um. And right, you said people, when I say hot girls, people, of course, automatically think, like I mentioned, like, oh, this means that <laughs> they they like to believe, like, oh, because we are making these choices um, with our own bodies <laughs> and we are showing more of our bodies freely, we're expressing our desires, this means that we are just being um, not, we're making choices um, that could be harmful 
like, you know, they're thinking harmful, but it's like, just think about a harm that's been done to our bodies, you know, whatever. Like, where is the uproar for that? When right. we talk about abusing black women, assaulting black women, oppression of black women, how are you more upset about me talking about my wet ass pussy or talking about, um, yeah, I'm in my bed, but I'm in his too, um, upset with me shaking my ass or whatever, but you're not upset about this black man shooting this black woman? Are you not upset about this black man beating this black woman? You know, like, how are you more upset about that? And so I think it's really just because of something that they were not used to. We're not, um, we're not used to seeing. And so that was something I wanted to bring to light is the, um, the messages that are, are in these, and these songs, you know, and what these women represent mm-hmm. is not too different from what's in the literature, you know, like, so with pleasure activism, with black feminism, um, critical race theory and critical sex theory in the text. It's like, I want to show how we're basically saying similar things, you know, um, of, uh, this, it, it's time for a change, you know, it's like, it's, it's a long time of coming, for this liberation and we're not, we, we've been patient. We put so many before us, you know, and fought, you know, with our children, for our, the men, you know, the community, you know, as a collective. And so that's why some, um, womanism is another lens to have other than like black feminism and feminism, because there's always an, uh, a critique of black community of like, oh, you one of those feminists. You know, I definitely, I get that. I get that, whatever. Oh, you one of those feminists or whatever. And I was like, I'm, a, I'm you calling me this, first of all, saying this as a negative thing because I'm speaking about black, you know, women's pleasure right. <laughs> and like and women making decisions on their body and that they should be freely, able to freely talk about the, the loop, <laughs> the, uh, the natural lubrication of their vagina, (laughs) you know, whatever, like, you know, celebrating this in a way where it's like many men have made so much money off of uh, talking about the same things. And now we're like, some are saying, yeah, I want that. Give me the money. Yes, I want the money. Um, Give me the bag. Yeah, I'll be in your bag. I'm in mine too, or whatever. And yes, this pussy is wet. Yeah. You know, and you need to treat me as such. Yes, I am a queen. Treat me as such. Bring me offerings, you know. And so, yes. uh, and I think it's something just like any movement, because, you know, um, although they don't always show it in the civil rights movement, black power movement, even during with Harriet Tubman, everybody was not down. Right. <laughs> everybody was right. not for it. <laughs> right. As obvious as it might seem. You know, it's scary. It's a fear because a part of the conditioning and the abuse and the oppression is mental. You know, it's mental and psychological. It's not just the physical, you know, oppression, um, you know, or sexual oppression. It's a lot of mental and psychological, you know, effects to it and techniques. And so many, some um, do not feel, they feel they don't need to be liberated or freed. They are okay where they at, and that's okay. You you stay there, right? But we gonna go on. No <laughs> we, judgment. We're gonna go on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like that's fine. You're not there yet in your journey, or if you ever get there, and that's okay. But we over here, <laughs> we're not okay with this, and so we're we're gonna go on over here, yeah. go on over here to this, move get forward. this liberation. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> in that, let's talk about mother and daughter relationships, and talk about how mothers today can raise their daughters to be 
to have a sexual voice, to, to be sexually liberated. And I have a daughter, you know, she's a, a junior at Tennessee State in Nashville. And we talk about everything. First of all, because, you know, my mom's generation, they were not the talk to our kids about sex generation. My mother mentioned sex to us, but it was always in a negative light, which meant AKA stay the hell away from that <laughs> for as long as you can. Yeah. Um, I knew that I didn't want that relationship with my daughter because I felt like a lot of what I learned was external uh, and mm. through experience. It wasn't necessarily through the eyes of a woman that I trusted who I know was going to tell me, you know, how to process all of these different things that may be coming at me. So because of that, I have been very like my daughter and I talk about self-pleasure. We talk about, uh, you know, sexual partners. We talk about um just being a woman and all that entails and things that you need to pay attention to. Like what can mothers today do? Because it's still a hard topic in the black community. Um, so one um, I recommend is you have to do the work on yourself, you know? And so um, many of us are, we're at that place now where we're starting to realize the ways that like uh, our upbringing messages, our experiences you know, how it shows up in um, the way we view our bodies, sexuality, and our relationships. And so it's like, you have to, you have to address that, you know, because without addressing it, you won't even realize sometimes how you are passing that on, you know, to the younger generations or to others. And so I think that's the first step. And secondly, um, and because of that, once you address and acknowledge, like, like as you said, um, like this was not, this could have been done handled differently. You know, I wish I had better information. I wish I had a woman that I could trust, you right. know, um, to go with these things I had going on. And I felt this, I definitely had similar experiences where um, I, I was so fascinated when I started with my psycho. I was like, oh my gosh, what can the body do now? Oh and the messages yes. I received were, you know, don't, don't mess with like, can't go mess with them little boys now. I was 10. I was like, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> like, and then, and, uh, and then yes. later, no sex before marriage, and then no pre no no babies or something. Don't get pregnant or whatever. These messages messages I received, right? Um, and and then the little message, the little information that we received in school, and so it was something that I wanted to stay true to is who being who you needed when you were younger, and so um so that one step, focus on yourself. <laughs> you know, like when they say in the, on a plane. Um, you know, put your own vest on before you helping others. Right. You have you have to you you have to uh, heal yourself, and you gotta address your stuff, and um and your trauma and your experiences, your baggage, to prevent passing that on. Because we pass on trauma. A lot of the stuff that we're dealing with is not even our own. It's not our own. It's right. from what has been passed down passed to us down, yep. and we just carrying it on. And so we are, it's cycles that we need to break, these curses that we need to break. Finding a way to communicate, um, sharing whatever you feel comfortable with, mm -hmm. your experiences, your lessons learned. Yes. You know, I feel that's something um, that can be done better is sharing our experiences, telling our story, which is something I mentioned in my dissertation because many brought up their relationships, the messages received with their mother. I think I have one 
one participant who said that they their mother was very open, mm-hmm. you know, talking about um, sex and sexuality. I actually got them into the work. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, you know, because I'm just like, we, I just heard my grandmother mm-hmm. say sex for the first time mm-hmm. in my 32 years. Yeah. I've never, we never talked about sex in my family. So it's like, you know, so to, I was like, I couldn't even imagine. I'm like, wow, growing up in a sex positive, yes. <laughs> you know, open, you know, space. I was like, wow, like, where would I have been? you know finding a way to share your experiences your lessons learned and and creating a space a safe space for them yeah I love what you say about sharing (laughs) stories because I think that's so important Mm -hmm. and that is a way to to communicate or talk to your daughter about experiences or things that they may need to know by some of your own experiences and I have tried along the way I have a son too I have a 22 year old and a 20 year old boy and girl And I have really, really, Dr. Francis, focused on when I, while raising them, because their dad and I divorced, I think when they were around nine and seven. And um, I have done, I have really focused on trying to make sure that they've always been able to come and talk to me about everything. So when you say, you know, you mentioned your family member who's like, you know, sometimes I'm like, stop coming and stop telling me stuff. There have been moments <laughs> where they have told me things. And on the inside, I am screaming and sliding down a wall. But on the outside, I look like everything is fine. Like, okay, okay. So let's, let's talk about that. Let's process that. But I, you know, my daughter's freshman year in college, when she came home to me, I think it was like at Christmas break. And she was just like, mom, thank you. She said, thank you. She said, mom, she said, you prepared me for so much. She said, when I'm in school and I'm listening to these girls talk, she said, I'm like, your mama didn't tell you that. Your mama didn't tell you that. Your mama didn't talk to you about that. She said, and I am just like, you know, my mom talked to me about that. My mom been talked to me about that. And there Mm -hmm. is a confidence that I see in her that I did not have at her age. Like I always Mm. say, she's like the 10.0 version of me, the smarter version of who I would have been had I had some of the things that, you know, she has. And my son as well. My son will come to me and tell me stuff that I am just like so honored that you feel so free to just say what you just said to me. There's some power in that. I think that moms need to realize that when you have that relationship with your daughter, you can help her realize who she is in a lot of ways and help her to develop herself and who she's going to be. So in as far as your work uh, and what you do to help women, can you give some examples of things that you that women would, would come to you for and how you help them overcome those things? OK, so an example would be. And I want to give this example because if some of some of the women who are listening to this who may evaluate themselves, as you said earlier, like you got to find out where you are, who may be listening to this and say, OK, well, you know what? I am really closed off to this thing. Like, I don't I don't really know a lot about myself, you know, from a sexual standpoint, uh, my likes or whatever. I want them to like, you know, how what would lead someone to you? Mostly uh, many of us just need somebody to tell them that it's okay. (laughs) It's okay and normal to want something different, you know, than what we have been given Mm -hmm. and what has been, you know, um, taught to us that one, um, you can't be, you can't be respected, protected, loved. Um, if you are sexually expressive or liberated, if you twerk in, (laughs) you know, twerking out in public or wearing certain things, you know, um, that no, that that does not mean that you do not deserve all of that and more. 
workshops are developing um, that I include. We talk about we talk about self pleasure mapping mm-hmm. um, after trauma, and a piece in there I talk about saying yes to serenity, where I'm breaking down the steps to to healing, to your sexual healing, to get to your liberation, mm-hmm. and where I'm speaking on. Often you hear me speak about addressing your your trauma, the messages that you receive acknowledging it, naming it, and then um, identify the ways that it has shown up, you know, in your life, in your sex life, in your relationships, um, the way you view your body, sexuality, um, healing. I'm very um, passionate, adamant believer in some type of healing mm-hmm. um, or therapy, whether it's a tantric, a conscious erotic, you know, a practitioner, mental health professional, therapist, or spiritual advisor, whatever feels the best for you is something that I um, strongly um, advise. And then also um, a way of applying it and passing it on. You mm-hmm. know, as I said, I, I aim to be who I needed when I was younger. As you are on your journey, even if you don't feel like you're at a place where you're an expert or if you're at a place where you feel like you can inspire others just by you working towards it. Like, you know, by sharing, like by sharing your stories, you know, sharing a journey, mm-hmm. you know, to your comfort, at your comfort, even if it's just to your daughter or to some younger person or to your uh, a family member or to somebody somewhere, you know, just one person. And it's not to always be groups, you know, mm-hmm. or different things, but passing it on to normalize it. Dr. Francis, where are you from? Originally, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Um, I have Jamaican um, heritage also, the way of my father. How long you been living in Atlanta? Um, I've been here 11 years. I came um, to attend the illustrious Clark Atlanta University, mm-hmm. and um, I just stayed. <laughs> so I'm still here. Um, yeah. So tell my listeners how they can get in touch with you and connect with you on social media. Okay. Um, the real hot girl dot on Instagram. Also say yes to serenity. Um, let freedom come C U M on Instagram. And you can email me uh, serenity at say yes to serenity.com. Um, those are the best ways uh, to reach me. So on Instagram, email are the best ways um, to reach me. You know, even if it's just a question or, you know, want me to direct you somewhere and you have more questions about any of my workshops or programs that I offer or ways to collaborate, definitely open. Okay. Now you and I connected on Clubhouse. That's how we got connected. Do you do any rooms on Clubhouse or are you kind of more of a, you come in and join and moderate and just share um, as you feel led to? Um, I'm newer to Clubhouse. I'm um, I'm open to creating rooms on the Clubhouse. It's newer to me. That's something I'm. It's so many. It's so many uh, <laughs> platforms. Yes. Um, and yes. I'm just you know really figuring out which ones that I feel the most comfortable in. I was a speaker at one of the uh, sessions mm-hmm. on Clubhouse, and I believe that's how 
you see me mm-hmm. and uh, we got connected so I might be on there <laughs> so yeah. We'll see. yeah I went to your and bio I- <laughs> and I saw what you did I'm like yes she's got to be on the show we can talk about all this <laughs> stuff that she's doing and Clubhouse is new to me too actually when I was there and I was in the room that you were in that day that was probably my second time being in any room on Clubhouse like literally like so I am mm. very new to it too and sometimes it's just rooms and it's just like too much like this is too much I can't be in here right now <laughs> but um I was just wondering if that was something that you had as well so just in case those of my listeners who are you know avid clubhousers and some of those who are just gradually getting in like me and you uh where they could find you but um for those of you who are driving who did not have a chance to write any of that down. As you know, on my website, these3-things.com, there's a podcast page. If you want to know more about Dr. Francis and how to connect with her, all of her information for her socials will be found there as well, along with her bio, uh, just to check in with uh, Dr. Francis and learn more about her and connect with her. So Dr. Francis, thank you so much for being on These Three Things podcast. You and I will connect again. I know this for a fact. I'm hoping that you will come back and do another episode on the show with a group of women and we can really take this conversation into uh, black women and our sexual liberation to a uh, deeper conversation on a larger scale with multiple women and maybe even talk about um, some of the traumas or experiences that we've had and how, you know, uh, each one of us can move past those things into just being um, sexually liberated and free. So again, thank you for being on these three things podcast. I look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you for inviting me. I truly enjoy this conversation and thank you for holding this space, creating this space for us. Absolutely. That's a wrap for this episode, black women and sexual liberation with Dr. Clarissa Francis And we'll be right back with these three things. If you'd like to learn more about this episode and my guest, I got you covered. Go to my website, these3-things.com. Go to the podcast page and click on this episode. Hey, Queens. Thanks for listening to These Three Things Podcast. If you enjoy what you're hearing today, I encourage you to go to whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on and leave a review and tell me what you loved about this episode. Hey, we're back. I am Sharana Reeves. You are listening to These Three Things Podcast, and I am with Dr. Clarissa Francis. And it is time for These Three Things. Number one, time to talk. This one is for the queen mothers, mothers with daughters, mothers with younger daughters. Have you talked with your daughter about sex yet? Or would you rather she just talk with her friends? If you find the conversation too awkward to have, then you've decided you'd rather her hear another teenager spin. Or maybe let a teenage boy tell her all about it. I'm sure the picture he paints will be full of truth. By the time he's done talking, your daughter will be convinced he will love her forever while you're sitting quietly with all your life experiences knowing this teenage boy could never. Do we want our daughters to be educated and empowered only when they go to class? Because mama, there's a whole education that your daughter is learning from boys trying to tap that ass. 
I mean, I know she's your princess and you raised her right. You have her sitting high and on her throne. And I believe you, queen. I know you did good, but you're no match for that boy on her phone. You've got knowledge and wisdom and experience to share. Your story can show baby girl the way. It's time to be real. It's time to tell her the deal. It's time to talk sex with your daughter today. Number two, sisters. There is a movement going on right in front of our eyes. Sisters are speaking up, saying, me too. We are telling our trauma and our truths. Sisters are twerking, getting doctorate degrees, starting businesses. Yeah, we working. Sisters are healing wounds, making new rules, deciding how they want their bodies to be viewed. Sisters don't want what you used to do or what you had. Sisters choosing peace if it means being alone. Sisters not waiting on your ring or your ask. She already built her own home. Sister out here walking by faith, praying on her knees every day, speaking what we desire into the world. Sister want to be protected, respected, and covered by a real king who's loyal and only wants one girl. Sisters are deciding for ourselves what our bodies want to do. Sister, I am proud of you for doing your thing despite the pain, sometimes the strain you always maintain. I'm proud to be your sister too. Number three, call to action. Okay, so queens, this is a personal call to action from me to you today. Support our sister, Dr. Clarissa Francis. If you are in an industry where you deal directly with young women, you need to connect with Dr. Francis. She offers workshops, training, and event planning consulting on black sexual liberation, peer education, pleasure, and various topics concerning the Africana diaspora and sexualities. She is looking for an opportunity to speak to young women and liberate them and give them wisdom and insight. If you're not the person that's capable of having these conversations, bring someone in who can. Our young ladies need to be educated and they need to hear about their sexuality from women that they trust. Get connected with Dr. Clarissa Francis on one of her many social medias and help these young ladies grow. We can no longer leave it up to their friends and young teenage boys to educate them about their bodies and about sex. It's up to us, queens. We're leading a whole new generation that ain't sitting around waiting on us to figure it out. Let's get on board. Get connected with Dr. Francis today, and let's educate our girls. That's it for this episode of These Three Things Podcast. Now, queens, kings, and good people, your girl is turning 50 Friday, October 1st. So next week, I will be nowhere to be found. But I'll be back with a new episode once I'm done celebrating 50 years on the planet, 50 trips around the sun. I'll probably do a whole episode on just turning 50. 
give you younger ladies some food for thought about what may be ahead for you. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope that you will connect with Dr. Francis. You can find out all of her information on my website, these3-things.com. I will put all of her links, all of her information there. Let's get connected and let's educate our young queens. It's our job to do it, ladies. And as our girl Beyonce said, let's get information. I'll see you in a couple of weeks.